Okay, so it's uh, just gone 5 a.m. on a Monday morning, and I am working so hard lately that Simmy's worried about my health. But I think I'll be fine, because I'm resting really well in between. I'm not feeling tired right up until I do, <laughs> if you know what I mean. When I get past a certain point, it's no man's land mentally, but up until then, I seem to be pretty good. And that only comes around later in the day. But that's really not what's on my mind today. What's on my mind is something that's cropped up over the last few months, more and more than usual. And that's people's attitude to passwords and password security. There's nothing wrong with not having a good set of uh, protocols when it comes to having passwords, working with your passwords, remembering your passwords. And there's a lot of different advice out there. Different advice that I've taken on board, some of it I've left in the dust where it belongs, some of it I've just thrown in the trash. Because, like with everything, you get good advice and then you get horrible advice. Really, you want to avoid the horrible stuff. So let me try and make your life a little bit easier, right? First and foremost, you cannot get yourself into bigger trouble than having the same password for everything. You cannot have the same password for everything anymore. I know you're going to say that if you have to have a different password for everything, how are you supposed to remember it? Each one of these passwords. Well, I'm going to answer that later on. But for now, I want to just talk you through a few of the reasons why uh, your password cannot be the same on every website. Some websites have different levels of security to others. Some websites are more robust security-wise than others. Some websites do very little other than the SSL stuff to keep your information secure. So, if your password is compromised or discovered on one of these websites that isn't particularly security conscious, what will happen is you'll have to change your passwords across all the platforms anyway. Because the way that phishing and hacking works is they'll always try and use all the information they have now before wasting any time in trying to fettle things out. They are highly productive people who know how to get what they want and constantly improve at doing it faster and faster. It's just the nature of their occupation. I call it an occupation and not a job or a career because when you're using it for illicit purposes, it is still your occupation, but I'm trying to denormalize people doing it as a living. I would love for you to understand this because when you are operating in an online space, even if you don't have sensitive information on any of your platforms, the fact that you use the same password for everything or a similar password for everything means that people could get into places on the internet where your personal information 
is available. Even things like your CV can be incredibly instructive for breaking your passwords. It's a treasure trove of past, potentially memorable experiences. There are so many pieces of information that you can glean from someone's personal information. It's, uh, it's pretty scary when you start thinking about how much an average website will know about you. They'll know your name, your middle name, potentially, your last name almost certainly. Potentially these days even have your cell phone number. They'll have your email address. They'll have your birth date. These are all things that people regularly, in my experience, still use as passwords. So what you're doing is making it so much easier for people to gain access to your stuff and potentially make problems for you. This could be identity theft. This could be almost any type of cyber crime. You don't know it's kind of an... You don't get to pick and choose what cybercrime people do to you, unfortunately. So, what are you going to do about it? Okay, look, so we've said, just to recap, you cannot use the same password for everything. And I know you're concerned about remembering multiple passwords, but I promise you I have a different alphanumeric, which means numbers and letters and special characters, actually. Uh, I have different passwords for absolutely everything, and they are wildly different passwords. Yet I never have to remember them, and they never get forgotten. And I know that sounds like something the Sphinx would say to you in a maze, but it isn't. It's pretty simple. Before I tell you what the solution is, though, I just want to cover why password tools like Dashlane are not always a good idea. Places like Dashlane are very reputable businesses who have invested a lot of money into their cybersecurity to make sure that your treasure trove of passwords that you save on their service won't be corrupted or found by anyone else. Unfortunately, as smart as the good people over at Dashlane and their competitors are, there will always be an equally or potentially even more smart person outside of Dashlane, working to get in on a backdoor level, which is a concern because it's always going to be this tug of war and this sort of rat race between the developers and the hackers. The developers trying to keep the hackers out and the hackers trying to outsmart the developers. So in a world where you can't remember a ton of passwords and you can't just trust all of your passwords to a single service, what do you do? Sure, you could use a VPN, but occasionally reports roll in saying VPNs aren't the answer either. They're not invulnerable. Well, I am going to reach out to a cybersecurity expert to answer this exact thing. I'm going to give you what he has to say after I tell you what my thoughts are. I've shared my thoughts with him already, so his answer will give you some solid background on what I'm going to say now. I don't have, at the time of recording, his answer yet, and that's by design, because I don't want his opinion to interfere with mine at all. 
I want you to think about what your opinion is now for the next five seconds. How would you solve this set of problems? Needing unique, radically different passwords for every website and needing to remember them all and recall them at a moment's notice. One, two, three, four, five. How did you do? Well, here's my solution. Get yourself a small A5 size book. The size of the lines doesn't matter. It can be blank. As long as you can write legibly in it, you'll be fine. In this book, you want to keep a list of your passwords. You can code them if you want, not the passwords, but the names of the websites they apply to. You can use the initial coding pattern, which, for example, if it's YouTube you're after, you'll simply have YT as the website, because then people reading it are less likely to know at a glance what it is, if they ever do get their hands on it. This is how it works. Anybody who's going to do a cyber crime is very unlikely to be in your immediate area, which means they're very unlikely to also have the capability to break into your house, know where your password book is kept, and use it to gain access to your stuff online. Physical and cyber criminals are often massively different in the way that they approach things and solve problems. So you're looking at a completely disparate skill set there, which means that it's a lot safer to use this method by my reckoning. We will, of course, hear what the cyber security expert Michael Peterson has to say very shortly. Keeping it in this format allows you to always just grab the book, open it to the correct page, and find the password you're looking for. When there are passwords that I use frequently, I try to make these long, arduous passwords as memorable as I can. Think of a language that you are aware of, that you have even a vague understanding of, that isn't a mainstream language. You might even consider using a combination of that language and your own in your password creation. You might want to make your three-word long password have each of those three words rhyme. These are things that you can do to make seemingly strange, unrelated, and random passwords be more memorable to you. It's going to be easier to type in, yet much harder to break. Using numbers, letters, and special characters, as far as those particular websites allow you, is also going to make a huge difference. Use a website much like howsecureismypassword.com to figure out how secure your password is. Using sites like this allows you to play around and gain an understanding of what makes a really strong password right now, bearing in mind that this changes constantly. Remember, hackers are always getting smarter. Developers are always getting smarter. And if you go along with them, you'll also continually get smarter. I'm going to let you listen to what Michael has to say on this topic. Take it away, Mike. Hey, Jeffy. So yes, while password storage has come a long way, um, 
it can be beneficial to still write it down on pieces of paper or in a special book of some kind that you keep with you. Um, there, there has, however, been nice developments with regards to uh, password storage uh, services, I would imagine. Uh, something like OnePass, you can store your passwords on there. Um, it's got your main password for your OnePass account plus a secret key that they only give to you once for your account and uh, it's pretty pretty secure which is quite nice uh, they also have something called uh, the watchtower which alerts you to any websites that you have passwords for that have been compromised so let's say uh, take a lot gets hacked and you use one pass to store your take a lot password uh, as soon as one pass knows that take a lot was hacked they alert you that your password may have been exposed and then you can go in and change it uh, i know google kind of does the same thing uh, if you let google save your passwords it uh, it tells you it gives you like security concerns where it says uh, you've used this password on x many websites uh, consider changing them uh, so yeah uh, i no longer let the browser store my passwords uh, that is mm, not super unsecure but for me personally i prefer to use OnePass to store my passwords. What's nice about OnePass is you can let it generate a massively random password and you know that's not going to get broken anytime soon and it also allows you to log in quite nicely on websites if you get the extension for your browser because it auto fills, auto -fills the, uh, the fields for you when you when you go to that website uh, it's also you can also put it on your phone and they use your phone's uh, biometric scanner you can set it to unlock one pass with your biometrics so your fingerprint which is pretty time saving you know you just want to check your password on your phone you just open the app it asks you to validate and you just scan your fingerprint and it opens for you um, yeah uh, i don't know any other uh, password storages personally uh, I was pretty happy with one pass and it seems to be quite secure um, I know it's a, a mission to get it set up on new devices with uh, having to enter the security key make sure your master passwords correct um, so yeah uh, while storing your password you know physically can work uh, that can also go the opposite way. I've heard lots of stories of people writing down passwords on a piece of paper. They work passwords on a piece of paper and you know they sort of get laxy-daisy with it and they leave it out in the open. That's very easy to you know just take a gander like a little walk around an office. Uh, it's not too difficult to to pose to get in or just slip in and you know, just walk past, see a piece of paper and grab it. Uh, that 
can be internally as well. So while it is good, it also has its downsides, just like everything else. Um, but yeah, that's my contribution. Take this advice on board. Michael really knows what he's talking about. I want you to be safe. I want you to be secure. I want you to have a good experience online. There are other ways that you can protect yourself online. And I'm going to give you some more tips on that over on my YouTube channel in the coming weeks, Yeti Voice. Make sure you go and have a look at that. If you want a quick way to find that YouTube channel, go to one of the guest vodcast podcast recordings on here. In the description, you'll find a link to listening to that episode. And if you click that, it'll take you through to my YouTube channel. Additionally, in my profile, there should be a link to Linktree. And Linktree is a handy service where you can list all of your links. And I've got the free version of that, so I'm using that. Listen, I don't have any affiliations to Anchor, Spotify, Dashlane, any of these companies that I'm talking about here. I'm sure there was another one I've just mentioned, but I've completely forgotten what it was, which shows how little effect they have on these videos. These are just things, uh, recordings rather, these are podcasts. I make so many videos that I just keep thinking I'm doing videos even on them. So yeah, I really want you to be safe. I really want you to take these pieces of advice on board. And if it is something that has helped you, leave us a comment, drop a voice note. I'll feature you in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Stay positive. Take care of yourselves.